have a question this morning, and welcome to those who are joining online, of course. And my question is this this morning to you. How many of you have an unfinished project lying around just collecting dust? Thank you for your honesty. I see those hands. I see heads shaking. Yeah, it's so easy to get sidetracked, isn't it? And it takes tenacity to finish something we start because at any time there's always something competing where we lose distraction of what we started. This morning, the message is entitled, Dealing with Distractions. And today we're actually going to conclude the four-part message series that we've been doing called The Good Work. Now over the past three weeks, our theme verse has been Ephesians 2.10. You should have this memorized by now. For we are God's poem. We are God's poem. We have been skillfully crafted. You are his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for you to do. And we've been saying it this way. You have been created on purpose. With a purpose. And for a purpose. Now, this is what I know, and this is what I believe with all my heart. I believe with all my heart that you were not created by an accident. That you, through the providence of And the goodness of God, he made you exactly the way he wanted to. He made you. He formed you. He gave you gifts. He gave you passion. He gave you desires To do something that will be of eternal value in this world. Well, we've been looking at the story of an ordinary man in the Old Testament who did something very extraordinary. We've been taking a look at Nehemiah, who, let me remind you, was created on purpose, with purpose, and for a purpose of rebuilding the walls and restoring the gates around Jerusalem that had laid in ruins for a hundred and twenty years. God called him to this task. And there's one thing that 
emerges from our study of Nehemiah. And the one thing that emerges is this. That life is a battle from beginning to end. From beginning to end, there's going to be battles in our life. And today as we take a look at Nehemiah chapter 6, we see this in other passages of Scripture as well. But there are two main ways our enemy tries to get at us. First, we know that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. And today we're going to take a look at the powers of this dark world. Now, how does Satan, our enemy, get at us? Well, his number one tactic, I believe, is fear. Your enemy... The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We know that fear can paralyze, can cripple, can hinder. We say that with the Israelites when they were going up against Goliath. Now another subtle way that Satan gets to us. He knows that pride goeth before destruction. Another way he gets at us is through flattery. For Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. And what you need to be aware of this morning is that we have to be on guard because Satan is both a lion that devours and he's a serpent that deceives. Last week, we took a look at how he tried to discourage the builders of the wall from Outside the camp and also inside the camp. Now in chapter 6, the walls are up. The walls are built. Except the gates have not yet been put in place. And this is what I know. That Satan... Could not get at the builders. They failed to get at the builders because the walls went up. So now he turns his attention away from the builders of the wall, away from the Israelites. And now he focuses specifically on Nehemiah. That's what we're going to see in chapter 6. Be aware that if the enemy can't destroy you, he will distract you. Let's take a look at this. When the word came from Sambalat, Sambalat and Tobiah, Geshem, there's a new one, Geshem, he's an, how would you like to have an enemy by the name of Geshem? Geshem. I don't know, don't too many people naming their kids Geshem. The Arab. And the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it. Though up to that time I had not yet set the doors in the gate, Sambalit and Geshem sent me this message. Come, 
Let us meet together in one of the villages on the plains of Ono. Now, what I find so funny here is all of a sudden, the enemies become his best friends. They're curious. They're intrigued. How did Nehemiah get these people to build this wall? It's funny. It's raining on this side of the building, but not that side. (laughs) How did he get them to build this wall? And, And they say, hey, Nehemiah, we're so intrigued. We're so curious. We want to meet with you. Hey, we found this great Airbnb down in one of the villages on the plain of Oh No. And come on, let's come, come down and let's have a conference. Now, if you're not taking notes, you may want to get a pencil out right now or a pen. Or you may want to get your cell phone and go to the memo app or the message app. Because... This is very, very important. You need to know this. Okay, you you ready? You need to write this down. Never, ever meet your enemies at a place called Oh No. It's that simple. Never meet your enemies at a place called Oh, no. Now, can I be honest? Many would see this as a great opportunity. Pastor, you'll never believe it. My enemies all of a sudden want to meet with me. They're curious. They're intrigued. Oh, look what the Lord is doing. Look at the the door of opportunity the Lord is opening up. He, they, they got an Airbnb down in the village of Oh No, and, and they want me to come, and I'm going to be able to share my testimony. I'm going to be able to share my story. I'm going to be able to convert my critics. I'm going to be able to I- enlarge the, the circle of my influence. This, Pastor, this is exciting. But I need to remind you of something. Sometimes what we call an opportunity, God often calls a distraction. Pastor, I can't believe it. God's opened the door for me to witness so many people on Facebook. Can I be honest? Since joining Facebook one year ago, I've become really great Wasting my time doing nothing. I become really great at, I mean, it's amazing. I'll sit there and like for 15 minutes, I, I find nothing interesting other than what people are eating and having for dinner. And I'm like, what are you doing? There's never been A greater time, I believe, in the history of mankind where it's so easy to get distracted. Four times. They're relentless. Four times they sent me the same message. And each time 
I gave them the same answer. Hey, we got this great Airbnb. Come on. We, we, we're so curious. We're so intrigued. No. But we, we, we want to hear your story. No. Please, Nehemiah, come down. It's great accommodations. No. Now, you might think of that as rude and abrupt. And here's my question. Do you have a hard time saying no? Do you have a hard time saying no? It seems like today in America, we have such a hard time of saying no. We can't just say no, but it's no because. And we go on with this big, long, made-up excuse. Well, I want to let you in on something. No is a complete sentence. No. And because we have a hard time saying no, this is what we normally do. Instead of saying no, we say maybe. Because we can't say no. We mean no, but we can't say no. We say maybe. And then we find ourselves having to get out of something we don't want to do, making up an excuse because we haven't been able to say no. Nehemiah flat out says, I'm not going to be distracted. I have a job to do. Did you even know that there were times when Jesus said no? And he went off to be with his father. Here's my takeaway from this little section of scripture that I'm trying to learn. It's very profound. It's this. If you're always available to everyone, eventually you'll have nothing to give to anyone. If you're always available to everyone, yes, 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 eventually you'll have nothing to give to anyone. Just because you can doesn't mean you shall. Just because you should doesn't mean you can, you could. And Nehemiah is called to such a great task that he prioritized and would not allow himself to be deceived, distracted, by coming down and going to a village in the plain of oh no to meet his enemies. So because that didn't work, look at this next verse. Verse 5. Then the fifth time, Sambalat sent his aid to me with the same message within his hand was and ooh, an open letter that's very important in which was written it's reported among the nations and Geshem says it's true that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt therefore you are building the wall 
Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become king. Now, why do I say note the open letter? The open letter, the unsealed letter, was meant that everybody could read it. When Nehemiah saw this letter, it was to intimidate him. And the innuendo was, everybody is saying, so all of a sudden the report is not a report, it's a rumor. Nehemiah, there's a rumor. There's a rumor that you're going to revolt. There's a rumor that you're going to be king. There's nothing more distracting or disturbing than a rumor. Have you ever heard this before? Rumors are carried by haters, spread by fools, and accepted by idiots. There's a rumor... And when you hear something about yourself that's not true, don't you get disturbed? Don't you get distracted? And they're trying to pin Nehemiah in a corner. They're trying to trap him. They're trying to make him defensive. They're trying to get him down to the Airbnb in the village of Ono. Are you ready? And you'll never do big things if you're distracted by small-minded people. You're never going to do big things if you're distracted by small-minded people. There's a rumor. And the rumor says this, Nehemiah, that you have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There's a king in Jerusalem. There's a king in Judah. But Nehemiah, think about this. If this rumor, I mean, if this report gets back to the king, you know this report is going to get back to the king. So you, you better come down and we got this problem. We need to straighten it out. You, you need to confer with us. You need to come down. Have you ever heard something about yourself that wasn't true that got you just shaking? Oh no, oh no, I, I, I got it. I love how Nehemiah responds. I love it. He says this. Nothing Like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. How does he deal with the rumor? He denies it. He just flat out denies it. He doesn't defend. He doesn't come down and go down. He just denies the rumor. What you are saying 
It's not true. But I prayed. And one of a sudden you see another one of those popcorn prayers where Nehemiah is always praying. He prayed. And what was his prayer? Now, Lord, strengthen my hands. In other words, he's saying, I'm going back to work. I'm not going to let this rumor distract me. I'll take care of my character and I'll let God take care of my reputation. Wow. And I think that with this rumor, he even got more determined to finish the work. He's on the final lap. The finish line is in sight. And Nehemiah says, I'm not going to allow a stupid rumor that's not even true distract me from what God has called me to do. How many know the enemy doesn't give up easy? So they switch tactics. One day, I went to the house of Shemaniah, the son of Deliah, the son of Metabel, who was shut in at his home. He said, let us meet in the house of God, inside the temple. Let us close the doors because Nehemiah, men are coming to kill you. By night, they are coming to kill you. Nehemiah, you know I'm your friend, right? Quote, unquote, you know I'm your friend. We got a problem. I have this intel. And, and the intel is telling me that the enemy has put a bounty on your head. And, and they're coming to, to kill you. So what we need to do is we need to go and hide and lock ourselves in the temple. Now, Nehemiah had the authority to go to the temple. But here's the problem that I see. If he did it for personal gain and not to glorify God, all of a sudden he would be abusing his power if the people found out that Nehemiah was scared and he ran to the temple not to glorify God but to use it as a hiding place, the people would lose their confidence in his leadership ability and they would be saying, ah, yes, it's true. It was all about Nehemiah in the long end. He was just trying to make a name for himself. And he could lose the credibility of his people. When success comes, one of the ways Satan masquerades as an angel of light is to give you this entitlement spirit. Nehemiah, you've paid a price. You have sacrificed so much. You left your 
predominant position as a cupbearer, and you came all the way. Listen, the least you can do is protect yourself. Go into the temple and, and hide. Go into the temple and protect yourself. But Nehemiah said, should a man like me run away? Or should one like me go into the temple and save his life? No. <laughs> I love it. No. I will not go. Because Nehemiah has this discerning spirit. I realize that God had not sent him but that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Samballat had bribed him, had paid him, had hired him. And he had been hired to intimidate me so that I could commit a sin by doing this and then they could give me a bad name and discredit me. I'm not going to hide I'm not going to take any special privileges. I'm not, I refuse to lead from an entitled heart. Listen, this was never about me in the beginning. It's not about me now. This is something that God has caused me to do. I came to do his will and nothing is going to distract me. Nothing is going to discredit me. I'm on the finish lap and I'm going to finish well. Throughout this portion of Scripture in chapter 6, I left out a very important Scripture verse. In fact, I believe that this verse in Nehemiah is my favorite verse in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, in chapter 6, verse 3, says this. I am carrying out, I am carrying on a great work, and I cannot come down. I'm not coming down from the so-called ladder to distract me to that beautiful Airbnb that you have down in the village of Oh No. I'm not doing it. I'm not coming down. I'm not coming down because of a rumor that's not true and try to defend myself that will keep me from distraction. I'm not coming down and protect myself and lead from an entitled spirit that will discredit me from the people. I'm not coming down because I'm carrying out a great project, a great work. Now, what I find so interesting about this is that when this whole series started in chapter 2 after he surveyed and he rallied the troops he said this scripture says so they began to build the walls and began to do a good work got it when the walls started to be rebuilt scripture says they, they started out the good work But as 
it was going on. And they saw the faithfulness of God. All of a sudden, a good work became a great work. They saw the faithfulness of God. And all of a sudden, Nehemiah, Nehemiah realizes that God created me for this great work. He put me in the right place at the right time with the right king, with the right provisions, in the right place and earned the favor of the right people to do this work that will last throughout way beyond the years I'll spend here on earth. And this is a great work. Next Sunday, I don't know if Nicole will tell the whole story. Nicole Strange will be coming and address our mothers, their missionaries to Costa Rica, her and Tim. But I knew Nicole before she was married to Tim, and she was married to her first husband. The Panzarellas pastored in New Jersey with two little girls. Her husband and her felt called into missions. They were going to leave the pastorate and go into ministry, go into missions. He becomes very sick and he dies. But she had a great work to carry out. She was not going to come down, and she applied to be a missionary, a single mom with two little girls, to carry out the work that God gave. If I have the story right, she goes to language school in Costa Rica, and there happens to be a single male missionary in Costa Rica, Tim Strange. If you've never heard the ministry of Tim Strange, Tim goes way out into the bush where no other missionaries go. He, he's just this, he's crazy. He's strange. His name is prophetic. He'll tell you that. He just goes out in these remote areas. Strange. And the two of them meet and get married. And are carrying out a great work in Costa Rica. Because she wouldn't come down. Moms, I won't get to say it next week. But can I say something to you? I know that there are times where maybe you long to do something different. And I hope that you realize that this season won't last forever. What you're doing is a great work Keep on doing what you're doing. Embrace the great work of raising children for God. And don't come down. I know there are people who are trying to get out of debt. And they pinch their pennies. They watch their dollars. They start to try to pay off some of their debt. And just about as they start paying off their debt, 
the angel that masquerades, that Satan who masquerades as an angel in light, all of a sudden will try to come in and say, oh, you are doing so well. You are doing so great. You are sacrificing so much. You know, you need to do something for yourself. And he tries to put in an entitled spirit. And before you know it, they give in. And before you know it, they're in more debt than they were before. Don't come down. Don't give up. You're doing a great work. You can get out of debt. There are people who I know witness. And, and, and they try to witness, but it's like, Pastor, they just don't get it. They're beyond hope. They're so hard-headed. I just feel like giving up. Don't give up. Don't come down. You're doing a great work. I know there are people who have passions, gifts, desires. You want to do something that makes a difference. But it seems as if you take two steps forward, you take three steps back. Don't give up. Don't get out of the game. Don't come down. You're doing a great work. Don't grow weary in doing good because at some appointed time, God is going to give you a great harvest. Remember Nehemiah. He had a burden. It it burned in his heart. He prayed and he fasted for months. And all of a sudden, God gave him the ability and the provision And the favor to go to Jerusalem. And the very next verse in verse 15. In verse 15 we read how he completed that great work in just 52 days. In 52 days the wall went up. Because he didn't come down and give in to discouragement and distraction. And then we read this in verse 16. When all the enemies heard about this and all the surrounding nations saw it, our enemies lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of God. Their faithfulness, their call to the work... Their call to this great project became a witness to their enemies, became a witness to the surrounding nations. Don't come down. Don't give up. Don't give in to discouragement and distractions because what you are doing in living your life for Jesus Christ is a great work and others will see it and you are a living testimony to the goodness and the greatness of God. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't come down. Because what you're doing is a great work. Pastor Bonnie, would you come? God created you on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. Would you stand? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Holy Spirit, I know that you are speaking to hearts that may have been discouraged, hearts that may have been distracted, people who have been on the verge of just, is it really worth it? Don't come down. Don't give up. You're doing a great work. As a mom, as a mentor, as a teacher, as a dad, as an employee, as a church member, don't give in to the discouragement and the distractions. And I believe right now that God is calling you to finish the task for the purpose that He created. What gift lays dormant in your life that God wants to resurrect this morning? What passion, what dream? Need some dust blowing off that you can finish the task that he has for you. Is there an area in your life that you've gotten discouraged and distracted over? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's one of your children. Don't give up. Don't come down. Complete the great work. Whenever there's a challenge, many times in my life when I've been challenged, I've been so thankful to be able to respond to the challenge that the Holy Spirit's placing upon my heart. I open the altar right now as we begin to worship the Lord. If you need to make your way and you want to just confirm what God is doing in your heart by rebuilding and restoring a gift, renewing a dream, blowing the dust off a project, I'd invite you to come right now. Would you just step out from where you're standing and saying, Lord, I recommit myself to the purpose for that which you created me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, reconfirm in me the purpose you have given me to fulfill and to not come down, not give in. God, fan into flames, stir into flames the gift that you've placed upon my heart.
not coming down. Not giving in. I'm not giving up. Maybe you've been witnessing and praying for for someone so long. Don't come down. Don't give up. Don't give in. Jesus. Jesus. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. Hey, part of part of utilizing our gifts is praying one for another. And you see someone you just want to come pray for, just just come and pray for them at this time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Don't leave anyone alone at the altar. Be the body of Christ. Bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we know that life is is truly a, a battle from beginning to end. And God, we confess, we get discouraged, we get distracted. But he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He who began a good work in you He who began a good work in you Can a good work in you? He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He'll be faithful to complete it. He who 
Strength in our hands, Lord. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Come, Holy Spirit.
strengthen our hands equip each and every one of us for the great tasks you have called us to Lord let us not give in to discouragement, distraction but may we focus and keep our eyes upon Jesus the author and finisher of our faith Stir up those gifts. Fan in the flames those gifts you have given. And God, lead us. Direct us. With a purpose. For that which we were created. In Jesus' name. Amen.